When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and thanks for joining us for another Flying Solo podcast, the show for those going it alone in business. My name is Robert Gerrish and this episode is part of a special Success Essential series brought to you by the New South Wales Government's Business Connect program. In this five-part series, followed by a community webinar, our expert guests bring you essential strategies, tools and ideas to start or grow your business. And if your business is in New South Wales, Business Connect gives you access to personalised business advisory services, skills training and business events. And your first four hours of one-to-one business advice are totally free. To find out more, just Google Business Connect NSW or visit industry.nsw.gov.au forward slash business connect. Now, I'm really happy to be talking with Lucy Kippest. Hello, Lucy. Hi, Robert. Well, look, great to have you here. So, Lucy is the community editor of Flying Solo, and it must be said, like many of us, wears a few other hats, don't you, Lucy, including being editor of Kindling Kids Radio and a presenter on their show, a freelance writer and the mother of two young boys. So, I figured... Who better to pull apart some of the myths of running a small, busy business in what we're calling the Confessions of a Barefoot Boss? Lucy, I I think that title is meant to suggest that, oh, you know, it's a casual, lifestyle-y, home-based, business-y thing. But perhaps that's the first myth to explore. Can it all be so free and easy and cruisy? What do you think? Uh, well, uh, is anything in life really always free, easy, and cruisy, Robert? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe but not. I think it, at various stages it can be all of those things, and some days it could even perhaps be all of those things at once. Mm. But I think to have that always being the case on every level, it requires um, some superhuman effort, I think. But there are, I think there are essentially some things you can put in place to ensure that most of the time that's how things feel for you. Because yeah. after all, that's you know, predominantly why most of us are doing it. Well, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, look, we, we know from research that we've run that um, you know, it's all about the freedom. So yes, I, I think you're right. So where, where should we start, do you reckon? Well, I think um, to start with, I'd just start really where I started when I thought about doing this for myself on top of the other jobs that I have. Mm. It's that ultimately um, you need to ask yourself why you want to do it. Yes. So, you know, what what is your why? Um, for me, my ultimate aim is to be able to eventually have a business that allows me to just simply work for myself and control the hours because... Mm. Um, I'm the primary carer for our kids, which means eventually when they're at school, I want to be the one who can 
take them to school and pick them up and use those, I think it's about 5.5 hours in between to make enough money to support um, the rest of the family. Mm. So I think it starts with, you know, defining what your why is. Um, And that's my why in terms of the lifestyle benefits, but also what your why is in terms of the service or the product that you're offering your clients. Yeah, look, I think that's a great point. And I I can tell by the 5.5 hours that you have sat down there and worked that out pretty closely already. And it's interesting. So, you know, to hear you speak, I know that it's not been that long that you've been kind of in your own business. And uh, I can tell from the way that you're sort of talking there that it's still very much a, a work in progress and something that you're designing. Um, but I think you're right is, you know, starting off with the why, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, uh, you know, how's it all going to fit is, is clearly, you know, needs to be at, at the start of all this. So, yeah, look, great point to kind of start us. So where do we where do we kind of go to next, you think, assuming that we're getting pretty clear on, on the why aspect of things? Yeah, I think once that's established, then you need to sort of break down further into, you know, what does that look like in terms of how you're operating um, your business? So a bit of structure and a bit of discipline. Um, For me, that meant um, I started a year ago when um, my youngest was a baby, basically. So for me, that meant having to really get very organized in terms of what did I need to do at home and what did I need to do at work and how I could implement processes that meant I didn't cross over those two things, which is mm. actually easier said than done sometimes when you're, you know, when you have a young family or even an older family, I'm guessing, and there's always stuff to do. There's always washing, there's always cooking, there's always shopping. And when you're at home, it's sometimes easier to see those things than when you're at work a fair distance away and you can't do anything mm. about it. Yeah, look, that's such a good point. And I guess, you know, particularly with uh, with a very young child, and we know that there's a large percentage of, of people listening to this show and part of the Flying Solo community that do fit into that sort of category, you know, you can have things that suddenly change your day, like a child waking up um, or a child being sort of, uh, you know, getting a call from school saying your, your, ch- your young child's not well, come and pick them up. So how have you in your sort of, in your first, you know, as you say, your, your sort of early years, your first year, how have you coped with those kind of things, you know, those sort of um, unforeseen changes to your day? How do you kind of get ready for those? Or in, indeed, can you? Well, I think um, what I had to learn very quickly is I'm uh, pretty much a yes person. So if I see an opportunity that I really like, I'll jump on it and then think about it later. What I'm realizing (laughs) as a parent of two people now, I can't do that so much anymore. There's a lot more at stake and there's a lot more um, cracks to fall through. So Mm. what I had to teach myself was initially I had to take a whole day out to get organized and that meant sort of saying, okay, so, so for today, I'm not actually going to get any actual paid work done. What I'm going to do is look at how I'm going to, you know, structure my life. Mm. So this, I think, can happen as an overall planning idea, but also can happen probably once a week as well for someone who's a bit more established. So instead of just getting up in the morning and throwing yourself at your work, it's about looking around and I'm a, a list writer. Right. So what I'll do is I'll write, I have a list for work and I have a, a list for home. And on those lists for that week, I'll write down all the things that I think that I'm going to need to be do, do sorry, to do mm-hmm. on both those days. 
Um, in the very beginning, I, I looked at that list from a sort of a long-term perspective and thought, so what things can I outsource? So for me, it was a cleaner that I could get in once a fortnight to take yeah. that pressure off. Um, other people, and I know, you know, online grocery shopping. Um, I also had to become quite strict with my washing because I had two young kids and I was washing all the time. Mm. That's actually a fair portion of your day. So working out what days I'm actually going to do that. Um, and then looking at, because for me, I'm a freelance writer and editor. For me, writing can sort of be an all-consuming thing. I'll start off thinking, you know, I'll just spend a little t bit of time and that can expand into it like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. So working out what times of the days, sorry, what time of the day I do my best work. Mm, so I know point. for me, yeah, writing in the morning for some reason, eight o'clock just seems to be a really good time for me to get lots of writing done or big thinking done because I must be fresher at that time. Mm. And then in the afternoons, I sort of leave aside for invoicing or replying <laughs> to emails um, or, you know, social media. Yeah, well. look, that, those are great. Let me just question a couple of points there. So you mentioned a few minutes ago that you sort of set aside a day. Now, just to be clear there, was that you, in your early setup, you set aside a day? You don't set aside a day a week for this? Oh, no, no, sorry. No. Yes, that was confusing. No, that was in the setup, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, now, in the week, I'd say weekly, I try for a Sunday afternoon, just even an hour to oh, okay. itemize sort of things. Things that, that you I can. Do. Yeah, okay. And I yeah. guess the great thing about that, and I like the way that you. By the sounds of it, you do have a, a clear delineation between work and home, but at the same time, you know, kind of both lists are there so that if you suddenly find yourself with... Um, an idle moment. Yeah, an <laughs> idle moment. Or, you know, or your energy is not where it needs to be to do your creative writing, then presumably yeah. you can cast your eyes across to the other side and, and you know, do some, do, some, do some of your home stuff. And I guess, you know, yep. that's one of the there's a trap there in working from home but there's also a really good thing you know when you do get it right and, the, and it sounds like the way you're designing it is a great way is yep. is you can seamlessly move from one to the other yeah absolutely yeah. and I think that for me is part of the thrill and appeal of being able to do this more than you know a fraction of my working life for the whole thing because to me it's very important to me that I'm very present with my family when I can be. So to me, it feels like, you know, if I can toggle between those lists throughout the day, that means by the end of the day, I don't actually, I'm fully present mm. with my family. Like, yeah. I, you know, obviously there's still little things to do, but I'm not thinking about the big project or the, the start or the email I've got to reply to or the washing or whatever. I've, I've managed to sort of cover off those main things. And I think the more that, you know, the busier your life is, the fuller your brain is, and you can sort of think, oh, I'll remember that tomorrow, or yes. I'll think about that in the yes. morning. And danger, in danger. invariably, you just don't do that. You don't no, remember. Right. So then it's just like flood of panic. So yeah. I think having those lists just helps you, you know, take a take a check in at certain points and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I've got to ring the doctor. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. look, I, I, yeah. I say, I think that's great. And it does, you know, it, it's interesting when you speak to people who do try to have a really distinct line between home and work. Um, it does work for some, but for others, it actually just can create all sorts of problems because you, if you're not careful, you're sort of resentful when you slip across to the other thing. Yes. You yes. know, and uh, in that, yeah, that's not a, that's not a, a great way to be. Now, also, just just tell me whether I've picked this up right. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. To a degree, are are you kind of viewing the sort of these very early years in your? In, I know your boys are both very young. What in fact, what age are your boys? 
They're four and one. Four, four and, and one, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're nearly at school with your eldest and you've yep. got a little way to go with your youngest. So to some degree, though, are you? do you consider that you're still in the sort of design stage of your business? Is this, are you? Oh, very much so. Yeah, yep. okay. Okay, that's interesting. And I also, you know, in my in my view, I'm using the skills that I already have and have had. I've been a journalist for 10 years. So I'm using those writing skills as the basis of a business now that I hope to grow on with new skills in the future. So for at the moment, it's sort of investing in the skills that I have with the opportunities I have to hand in the time that I have, which is all very limited. Mm. So my vision will is I intend for that business to grow with me when as, you know, time allows. Yeah, okay. So yes. so again, just to make sure I to follow that. So you're saying you're using your kind of your core skill as your sort of foundation when it comes to revenue. But then yes. what you're looking to do and you are doing as well as alongside that is sort of upskilling and looking in different areas so that when that day arrives, when you've got 5.5 hours, <laughs> <laughs> you can, yep. you know, you'll be a lot clearer as to the sort of areas that you w- w- might then diversify or, or move. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Very and good. as you know, one of the best bits about being the community editor of Flying Solo for the past year has definitely been the little um, insight into, you know, how other people are running their business yes. and the types of things you can do within mm. a business and build on your skill set. Yeah, we should, yeah. so in other words, what you're saying is we're paying you to learn. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, you got on to me. <laughs> you caught me out. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, now look, those, those, are, those are really good points. This is probably a good point to remind listeners that if you're looking for more in-depth support, practical workshops and business events on this and many other small business topics, head along to the Business Connect website. Simply go to industry.nsw.gov.au forward slash Business Connect or search Business Connect NSW. Okay, Lucy, let's have a look. So we've, you know, you've really taken us on a nice little sort of uh, preview or insight there into your work on the whole, particularly in the area of kind of structure, discipline, you know, how you set up your days, your time. Um, where should we go to next? Um, I think once you've done all that, um, the other important thing then to think about is sort of yourself and, Mm. you know, those systems and structures and your life are all very well and good, but the one thing that requires all of that to work is your well-being. Yes, quite right too. Mental sanity, (laughs) which can be... (laughs) Yeah, questionable at times. Um, so where do you fit? Where in. do you fit that in then, and how do you fit that in? <laughs> um, I've always been a bit of an exercise fanatic oh, in okay. terms of um, just it's got to be every day. Doesn't matter what it is, if it's a run, if it's a walk, if it's a bike ride, if it's a class at the gym. Um, it, like, and for me, it has to happen in the morning. Again, um, you know, if I could live a perfect life for me, it would probably actually all be in the morning. I love mornings, and <laughs> if I just wish they were longer. <laughs> so afternoons should get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, just sleep in the afternoon, I think. Yeah, um, okay. So exercise, meditation is also a really big thing for me. I can only do it at night now, but ideally, again, if I had an extra couple of hours in the morning, I'd probably stick it in there in the morning. Oh, okay. um, also, I think... Something that's a little bit underrated, um, but we should all make more of, is just keeping yourself inspired by mm. your own vision and also mm. by your own dreams. Because essentially, I think that's why lots of us start this business in the first place. It's because mm. we have a dream of a better, a better life. Um, and something that I have always loved the idea of doing is that um, 
keeping your vision at the front of your mind. So for me, um, I'm not I'm not that visual, but I'm very visual with words. So for me, it's more about having a book on hand always. Like um, when I started this job a year ago, Kelly Exeter, who is the ex-editor um, of Flying mm. Solo, sent me a couple of her books. So, you know, whenever I feel a bit uninspired, I read through, you know, something like something of hers or yeah. a magazine or um, I know other people use mood boards. Yeah. And But what I've done is on my fridge, I've just put little post-it notes or a little something that I've seen in a magazine that reflects sort of the life and the business that I eventually want. Because for me, the vision is essentially what's driving me. I guess because I'm not living it fundamentally yet. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, look, that's, again, great points. And it, uh, it is, so, you know, just going back to where you started this section is, is, is this whole thing of looking after yourself, you know, putting yourself first. And it's interesting when you first, well, I find sometimes I, I speak to people and I kind of put that notion across. And uh, some people kind of think, well, are you suggesting that I'm self, I need to be selfish or something? And I'm saying, well, I suppose, yes, I am. In that if we don't put ourselves first, if we don't put our own kind of personal um, mental and, and health first, then we're never going to be in, in the right kind of space to do the work that we do, are we? We just, you know, we're never going to be able to deliver our best work. And yep. I think, but it's often you'll find someone, particularly people that are um, overwhelmed, uh, you know, busy, busy, busy. And these days, there's no shortage of things to keep us busy. But it, it's when you talk to people in that state, they can just find that uh, any kind of sense of looking after themselves just goes out the window. Uh, and that's such an, such an unfortunate thing. Anyway, I love the I love the idea that you've got of always having something again, sort of close to hand that, as you say, is inspiring for you. So whether it's a little message, um, a written one, or as you say, a visual one, something that just says, I'm doing this because this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting, when I think back to my um, to my dear father years ago, and he had the fairly typical sort of office in a company with a you know, little framed picture of his, uh, you know, my mother and us kids. And I think, oh, Dad, what are you doing, you know? But <laughs> that's the kind of the corporate version, yeah. isn't it, is you've got a little exactly. something on there. But I think the beauty of us running our own, particularly home-based businesses, we can surround ourselves and all the kind of stuff that we really want. So I really yep. like that. Um, I'm talking too much. Where to next? Um, I think also then you need to think about... Um, what about clients? clients? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, there you go. Snap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what do you, what are you thinking there? Um, well, I think it with that it's important, and that that goes back to the the original vision and the why too. You need to be able to attract the right client. So you're not just mm. either taking on work because it's there, and yeah. that can be a real trap. Certainly, I've also found that. Mm. Um, oh, quick! Got to make some money. Got to you know. I'll do that. I'll do anything. Doing, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. I'll do anything because I've got to prove that this business is, you know, worth doing and that mm. people want me. Mm. Um, so you do it. Um, and what can end up happening either is you do work for people you don't like or whose values don't reflect the value of, you know, what you're yeah. trying to yeah. streak with your business. And more often than not, well, what feels more real to me at this point is you just get completely overwhelmed because you've said yes mm. to something that's either too big, you've said yes too fast, and yeah. you haven't thought about how you're going to actually do it. Um, and then you end up spending a lot of time going back and forth trying to work it out rather mm. than actually being able to 
say yes to a job because it's something that you want to do and that I think that if that transaction right there is simpler or it comes more easily, then the mm. work itself will come more easily. Yeah. Look, and I guess we should both acknowledge, you know, easier said than done, isn't it? Particularly in the yeah. in the early stages. I mean, when, from in your, you know, first first year or so of your business, have, have, have you found yourself taking on work and then going, why, oh, why? Why did I do this? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I can always sort of understand the why, but there's in like... You know, but why really? <laughs> sort of like, mm. I know why I wanted to say yes, and I could justify it still. But I think for me, I think certainly for me in my life at the moment, having two, having had only my second child for only two years nearly, mm. it sort of, it became a bit of a shock to the system that, you know, it wasn't just this so easy to absorb a second child as I thought. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't just like one is the same, you know, two is the same. It's not the same. And it no. requires a lot more energy. So it's sort of like, for me, it's always going down the line of, well, what what is most important to me? And that's my family. So if I'm doing something that's taking up way too much time mm. that I could be spending with them and, in fact, need to be spending with young children. Yeah. So, you know, what am I doing? Opportunity costs sort of... Thing. Yeah, yeah. Look, and again, it's you know, it's easy for us to say this, isn't it? But it's when you're there, as you as you said a few moments ago, in that sort of early stage, the phone rings, there's a piece of business, and you think, mm-hmm. yes, 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 I better do that. Um, and it's it takes a brave woman and a brave man to to say no. But I think part of the the thing there is is okay. So maybe we do need to take on bits of work that we don't actually love. That isn't the ideal work. But I think the important thing is to just remember that this is a temporary thing. This is not, yeah. I'm not going to take on more more people like this or more work like this. Because yeah. sometimes, yes, we need to do those kind of things. It, it's probably prudent to do those kind of things. But where I think it can turn into, um, you know, a big issue is if you find yourself constantly doing that. Mm. Um, and then you get to a point where it's kind of how on earth did I end up here? Yeah, yeah, you know, and what can often happen is I I remember when I started my my uh, coaching business way back when, and I found myself working with kind of the wrong sort of people, and then when I sat down and really looked at it, I realised that part of the reason was that the people that were really supporting me, my sort of advocates and supporters, were just sort of sending me anybody, and that was totally my fault because yeah. I hadn't made it really clear. Look, this is what I do, and this is who I do it for. You know, and I don't know whether the same is for you, for you, but when you when you sort of position yourself as, hey, I'm a writer, I'm doing freelance writing, if you're not careful, your friends, your supporters will go out and try and get you any old writing work. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, uh, and then that's you true. realize all the way down the track that actually the onus is, is on us to make sure that those people who are, who are our supporters know what it is we're looking for. Anyway. That's right, yeah. Okay. Look, I think, you know, good point. So we talked to, we're talking about clients. We've talked about boundaries. We've talked about your sort of work pattern. We've talked about your vision. So as we get weird with you in your business, I I like just interrogating you about your business now. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I know that you've, you know, you've got a, what I would consider to be a lovely little sort of portfolio business in that you're doing a little bit of work over here for these people, a bit of work over here for these people and a bit of work over there for others. What happens, and I know it does happen because I know it's happened to you, What? how do you handle it when somebody says, 
Lucy, can you do a bit more? Can you do a bit more here, a bit more time here? How are you finding that? Because I know that's tricky. So you've, you know, you've got nice clients, but they want more from you. How do you handle that? Well, that's a very good question because I've fallen, you know, I've something that I've struggled with, I think. I think what you need to do is be completely honest. Mm. And for me, being honest has meant actually then, before you've even been honest, is actually being honest with yourself about the time that you're prepared to spend. Mm. So, you know, is it 20 hours a week? Is it 10 hours a week? And what does that realistically look like? Like, how are you going to fit that in mm. to what already exists? Um, compromise is good too. So then if someone's asked for more time and you've said, look, you know, this time I can't give you, but what, could we perhaps look at a different way of me being able to, to help you out? For instance, instead of five articles, would you be happy with two or could I do yeah, okay. social media for you instead? So like compromising on your skill set. But ultimately I think it's just about being completely honest and saying, look, this is all I can do. Um, because mm. I want to do a good job for you. Yeah. You know, I could stretch myself and that's not going to work. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great response. And, you know, I wasn't directly trying to, um, you know, to, to nudge you into, into that, mm. that, this aspect. But, I mean, it is interesting because I remember now, and, and I, I generally hadn't, that when we very first met, when we were sort of uh, talking to you to come and work with us, the very first thing you said to us is, look, first thing I've got to tell you is I can't do anything like the hours you want me to do. <laughs> no. You know, but that's, but it was, it, you were really clear. And, and yeah. you know, by then we'd, you know, we'd fallen for you and we knew what you you're capable of and all those things. And I think that's such a good point is, is you've just got to speak up early, openly and honestly, and just as soon as you possibly can, because... I think it's it's a matter of having that confidence that the right client, the right person, um, will move things around to accommodate you. Because you know, being an employer, you know, being on that side of the fence, then you know, you know that what you want more than anything is you want the right people in your business, you want the right people in your life. Yes, look, I think you're right saying that, but I think you know, for me, the experience um, with you guys was profound because you you had that attitude. I don't mm. think that a lot, you know, I don't think that a lot of people had that attitude and I remember going to the interview with you guys and thinking well you know I've got it like I have no choice I have to be completely honest mm. but hey it's worth giving it a shot because I felt such an affinity with the job description I just yeah, really yeah. felt this calling I mean had it not worked out who knows how you know how how it would have looked anyway mm. um, but yes I think honesty is the best policy because at the end of the day you're only going to let someone else down or yourself yeah so it's like I mean, you can't be completely unreasonable and expect to get loads of work either. So it's about, you know, finding that. <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah, finding yeah. That, um, that lovely cross line. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping in the future I have more experience with this, but I think the more that you work for people and the, um, the word of mouth, so the yes, networking yes. that can come, you know, I know a girl and she can do this, oh, she can only do it in two hours a week. <laughs> you know, yeah, if she needed yeah. to do it, she could do it. It's about having that reputation and standing behind your, your reputation professionally. Yeah, that's um, very true. And I guess the other thing as well is just, just on that point is it is if we're in our businesses and if, if a client says, can you do more, you know, can you give us more? Another um, very good solution, and one that I know actually is, is something that you did with us, is you can say, well, no, I can't do that, but here's someone who can. 
Yes, that's you know, right. Yes. And that's, a, that's all about building connections, isn't it? And having the right people around. And also just thinking ahead, saying, right, before yep. I let this person down, let me see if I can find someone who can, you know, do some of that work. So, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I had a, a really excellent career mentor very early in my career. And I remember her saying, look, you never go to someone above you in terms of, you know, management mm. with a problem. You just don't take a problem. You mm. take a problem but you also take a solution or a proposed solution. Mm. And I've always found that that has a positive effect. So it shows that you've looked at, the, you've looked at it, you're still interested, you're still invested, and you still have skills, um, but, you know, you're also offering an alternative yeah. to what you're giving you. Yeah. Well, look, I've got a bit of a problem, which is uh, I'm going to have to wrap this podcast up, but my solution sure. is um, can I talk to you again in the future sometime? Absolutely, Robert. Always a pleasure speaking okay. with you. Before we leave you, thanks so much for joining us in this episode of the special five-part Success Essential series brought to you by the New South Wales Government's Business Connect programme. To listen to the other episodes and catch our webinar, head to flyingsolo.com.au forward slash businessconnect. And if your business is in New South Wales, Business Connect gives you access to personalised business advisory services, skills training and events, and your first four hours of one-to-one business advice are totally free. To find out more, head to industry.nsw.gov.au forward slash businessconnect or call 1300 134 359. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. We look forward to catching you again on the Flying Solo podcast. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.